0: This is the Humans of Gaming Podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief.
1: Hello and welcome to Humans of Gaming. I'm Drew. I am the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd and host of this podcast. Unfortunately, my co-host Chris Gwaltney can't be with us today because uh, he's getting his internet installed in his new apartment. So, uh, sorry you're not here, Chris. We love you. Uh, My special guest today
0: is Ben Esposito. Hey, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And you just released a game. I did. It's a game called Donut County. Uh, It's a game where you play as a hole in the ground, and it just came out for steam and ios and ps4 on yeah 28th
1: and i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but i don't know of any other games about being a hole in the ground
0: it's the only one that has ever existed that's incredible
1: that's got to feel good to make a game that has a a premise that nobody i mean there's so much like iteration of everything in the game space these days um yeah you you know you did it
0: i thought i was yeah i thought i was all alone in this but it was like probably a month before I actually launched the game that there was like a clone that popped up on the App Store that was I saw
1: that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so the Twitter account for Donut County used to say the only game about where you, the only game where you play as a hole in the ground but then I changed it so it crossed out only.
1: Yeah. So you I you mean you're the first announced. <laughs>
0: historically i was yeah. first but i was not what, first to market
1: what can you do when that happens like what is there anything i mean you just kind of as long as their games like somewhat different you can't really do much is there anything you were able to to respond to that
0: yeah with? it's it's really tricky i mean i think there are ways to pursue it but they're very costly and there's no guarantees that you know you'll get anything back uh, yeah so that's unfortunate but also like on the other hand, I wish I could say like, "Hey, please don't make this game." But I also think it's a good thing in general that you can't just copyright like a game mechanic and tell yeah. someone like, "Hey, you can't have a health bar in your video game," right? So like, sure. uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a test of like, do I feel mm-hmm. okay about the way this is playing out? And mostly, it's yeah. been an experience of just like letting go and saying, you know oh, what, yeah. it's fine, mm-hmm. it'll be fine, it- whatever. Yeah, there's a-
1: Yeah, there's a fine line between um, like plagiarism and homage, I think, Mm. that we have to figure out. uh, Because, I mean, lots of games have, like you said, health bars or whatever. Lots of people have figured out more interesting ways to do health bars and by (laughs) basically borrowing an idea from another game and sort of tweaking it a little bit, making it better. And that's that can be like a really wonderful
0: thing. Right. Yeah. That's why we have some good, really good designs that keep getting better every year.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you don't want someone uh, you know, uh a few weeks before you release your game, releasing a game <laughs> called Bonut County.
0: I was just like, come on, f- just give me a few weeks before you put this out. Like, just give <laughs> me yeah. a head start. Yeah. What was it called? Hole uh, dot io. Oh gosh. So yeah. it, in every way it was kind of like a more to the point version of the idea. So, I'm mm-hmm. kind of like kicking myself a little bit for over engineering my idea yeah there's like so many concepts layered on top of each other because it's not just a game about a hole you're like it's about these raccoons that moved to the city and it's about like technology and gentrification and there's all these characters and i'm like wow maybe i should have just called it hole and be done (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's yeah there's probably
1: a or you could have done both you know first release hole so that way you can be the first and then, you know, then there's the donut county game that's like, you know, more has a more has more layers and that that kind of thing.
0: I've actually been joking um, with people about, yeah, like not only making the game that you're going to make, but also making the clone, the really broad free clone of it as well. So you can like capitalize on the whole market.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to play the game to some extent <laughs> because whoever released whole.io or whatever, like they're playing the game.
0: Oh, they're that, they're playing, like, a more advanced version of the game than I'm playing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's whole companies that, like, their whole <laughs> MO is to just release worse versions of something that's about to come out. Like, that, that's what they do.
0: Yeah, Because they know I they can
1: make that. money quicker.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it works for them. And I forget that, like, some people are... I forget that it's a business, right? And, like, there's, yeah. like, certain... There's certain ethical codes that I follow or I, I purport to follow that, like are not uh they're not canon in business yeah so oh yeah oh well. definitely not. <laughs> yeah the canon
1: of uh video game business ethics is uh boy that's a whole other conversation
0: <laughs> i'm just uh, digging, i'm just like i'm dipping my toe into this right now so i'm just getting <laughs>
1: yeah, started yeah yep yep and learning the hard way well uh i want to introduce another special guest we have um one of the things that we do here at Love Thy Nerd is we have people who support us monthly, um, which is awesome because we couldn't afford to do this podcast. We couldn't afford, t- afford to maintain our website and put out the content that we do on there if we didn't have people that, uh, yeah, that help us out. And one of those is Chris Stanton. Hey, Chris. Hey. How are you?
0: I'm doing good.
1: Good. So one of the, the little benefits that we have of supporting us monthly is that we'll occasionally when we're having a cool or interesting uh, guest, on the po- i'll let you choose which ben is but <laughs> whenever we're having uh someone on the podcast we'll we'll say to our community hey uh does anyone want to come on and ask uh, one of our guests a question and so when we asked for volunteers to come and ask a question to ben chris stepped up to the plate and wanted to to do that so yeah if you want to talk to one of the cool interesting uh game designers that we have on this podcast um give us some money uh, and, and, uh, no, but seriously, we, we can't do this without support of, of our supporters. So, um, yeah, and that's, it's just a small benefit we have. So yeah, Chris, uh, you got a question prepared, I believe. Yes. Drop it on, on Ben here.
0: Okay. First of all, I just want to say, I'm glad you, you did over engineer the game because I had a lot of fun, uh, with the humor and everything. But anyway, on to my question, uh, what was the hardest part about making donut County? Ooh, there's a lot to choose from. Well, first of all, I'm glad you liked the game. I fr- I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I pretty much played the whole thing uh, all last night, so.
1: <laughs> oh, awesome.
0: So it's fresh in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say the hardest thing was my personal decision to work on it almost entirely by myself. I can't say it was a great idea, but I decided to see it through to the end. Um, so like i don't know if you read at all like the i started the prototype in 2012 and then i worked, started working on it in earnest in 2013 and staying motivated and on track and trying to feel like i know what i'm doing was probably the hardest part about working on this game so like <laughs> like i didn't really really excuse me i didn't really realize uh how nice it is to have someone to kind of bounce ideas off of and someone to tell you like, Hey, you're like, really, you're really off track here. You're digging yourself into a hole. So I ended up going down all those. what did there. <laughs> I ended up going down many different <laughs> paths that were not the right direction. And mm-hmm. that could have probably been mitigated by having some more people who were involved at a serious level, but. I kind of felt I I chose that path myself, you know, and so I wanted to see it through, and I uh, yeah. So for better or for worse, I, I like I got through it, and I learned to probably never do that again. So uh, that yeah. was the hardest part for sure.
1: <laughs> so uh, what if assuming I'm assuming you're considering at least the possibility of a follow up, not necessarily like a sequel, but an, another game mm-hmm. after Donut County. Uh, if you do that would you would you try to get a team together and not not do it alone
0: i just there were some benefits of course to like working alone and that like i was able to noodle on things and get them to a get them to like an interesting place like i think you know some of the sense of humor in the game uh is particularly interesting because i just let it simmer for so long uh so yeah. like that was kind of cool but I don't, yeah, I don't think I would do any large project again on my own because even though there are some benefits to doing on your, doing it on your own, like the benefits of working with other people are just, they far outweigh it. So it took uh, six years for me to learn this extremely obvious lesson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like a bit of a fool saying it now, but uh, it's, I mean, that's how I, I like to learn stuff is just like, I have to make the mistakes myself, so I don't yeah. regret really what I did.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of value in that. I think like just forcing yourself to to do it all yourself and figure it all out. and Assume like whatever projects you work on in the future will be a bit easier because you banged your head against whatever <laughs>
0: problems you know <laughs>
1: like, right. and figured it out. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: it. Yeah. I knew it was like an okay outcome if what I learned was to not do it again. You know, like that's totally yeah. valuable yeah. as well. I'm proud of what I did, but. It was a it was a very rough ride.
1: Well, uh, thanks so much, Chris, for coming on the podcast. And thanks for your support, man. Yeah, Thanks Um, for having me. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. So Donut County is out now. And uh, what's that been like?
0: It's been very strange. It's been very surreal. It feels like waking up from a dream. That's the only way I can explain it. Like it's donut county has been a project that's been in the back of my head for so long now it's been like six years and so i actually think it's going to take me another like six months before i feel like it's really done and it's really like i can kind of close the book on it so to speak
1: yeah yeah and i guess that's you know pretty common with indie games too because i mean now that the game's out you're still probably thinking about marketing at some you're still I mean because as an independent designer you're doing you're wearing so many different hats so it's really not it's not like you get to go on vacation for the next two months (laughs) right
0: (laughs) although that would probably probably be good for me (laughs) right yeah but yeah Yeah. it's a it's something that's going to be in the background for a while and I think that's something that I didn't really anticipate too much because I've been you know I've been part of other game projects before, but never responsible to such a level. Yeah. So it's interesting to, to really kind of face, I I never really thought about what would happen after the game was out. And now that I'm here, I'm like, Oh, this is just going to be a part of my life for like many, many years to come.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine when you've invested that kind of time and, and care into producing something and setting it out into the world. Yeah. Um, and so you've worked on some other games in the past too, right? What are some other things that people might know you from? So
0: you might have seen What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, with
1: yeah, we um, had uh, Ian. We've had Ian on this podcast. Although I say this podcast, that was back when this used to be the Game Church podcast. Uh, okay. But we had uh, Ian Dallas on, and we've had, we've had Chris Bell on that. Oh podcast yeah, that's as well. great. So
0: very know. interesting yeah. people. Uh, it's it's yeah. been really cool to like, get a chance to work with them in like different capacities so like on what remains of edith finch i was doing prototyping which is like my dream job basically because i get to come up with fun ideas and then make a prototype really quick and prove that it's cool and then hand it to someone else and say please make this so yeah. that was like oh that was like the best gig ever and it was such a That's cool, cool. can you give can you give because like that game is um for people
1: who don't know it's about this cursed family and you're basically playing these little short stories of um, all these people who died essentially in this family who was mm-hmm. cursed in the Pacific North, Northwest um, and it's real like it's it's hard to like compare it to anything cuz it's so different but I'd be curious if you could share like what's something you prototyped that made it into the game
0: So I guess there's two two good examples like one of them was the swing set story Oh, yeah. Um, Which is like very, very short and sweet. And you can kind Uh of you can kind of probably like draw the line between that and like the kind of physics based stuff that I do in Donut County. Like that's just kind of that's just the kind of stuff I really enjoy doing. So that was a prototype. Okay, yeah. that's a prototype we talked about, you know, early on in in that project. And then I built the swing set prototype and then everyone was just like, okay, we're going to do it. And it, and it totally like <laughs> yeah. like a lot got added to it in terms of like the narration and the art is amazing, but the concept mm-hmm. never changed. it was just like from day one we kind of knew we had it, and so that was a real that was really a cool feeling to feel like, oh, this is kind of putting a stake in the ground for like what one of the small stories in the game could be,
1: yeah, I love that sequence well and this kind of it's kind of happens a lot in that game um I love how I th- obviously people criticize games that might be similar to What Remains of Edith Finch for like, um, you know, they're walking simulators. All you're doing is walking around and observing things. Um, but what, and I, th- I think it's a stupid criticism. I, I but, would agree. <laughs> but, uh, but what I love about What Remains of Edith Finch is it does a great job of like giving you some kind of simple mechanical things to do to input into the game that um that flow really well with a with a, a robust mm. narrative, you know? And that's one where that motion um really plays into the story. I don't want to spoil it for people, but plays well into that story that's being being told there.
0: Yeah, I was really um, pleased with how that so. came out. And like I think thematically, like a lot of those minigames worked really well because they all we kind of figured out a framework for how like that those mechanics would match with the stories because you know you're going to die at the end of all the stories and so yep. a lot of the mechanics ended up being like okay well how can we give you this like sense of agency over the environment that like you can mm-hmm. just take too far and so like the swing set yeah rise right that and it's about mm-hmm. this desire for more that ends up uh <laughs> it ends badly for you in every case Oh gosh! But yeah. yeah, it's not always depressing. Oh so. man!
1: Yeah, I'm thinking back to some of my experiences with that game. I the bathtub scene. Oh my gosh! That was
0: the other one that I was going to use as an example that I worked on.
1: Oh, because I was about to say I could res- I could accept any answer you would give except for the bathtub <laughs> scene.
0: <laughs> but it's so obvious that I worked on it, right? Because there's like a frog scene also in Donut County. He's the frogs actually a oh, very big yeah. component. I'm just a uh-huh. frog fan. Yep. There you go. That's all. It's just about the frogs. But in my defense, it was a really abstract idea at the beginning that I didn't even really think about what the significance would be in terms of like the wider story. And I wasn't even really thinking about like, I guess like that's not really a spoiler for people listening, but like it's about a child. It's about a very young child. Yeah. And it's about a very kind of real um, anxiety that a lot of parents have. Yes. (laughs) So uh yeah, I've got kids, so that's why <sighs> So yeah, I didn't really fully think it through and uh it went through a lot of different iterations before it ended up there, so it could have been yeah. worse actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No,
1: it's it's a powerful scene. Like I, I sort of poke at like saying I hate it or something. I didn't hate it. Like it was really I mean, as a father, it was super powerful. Like it's one of those scenes I'll I probably won't ever forget mm. in a video game, which is rare. You know, most things we do in video games are super forgettable. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so before What Remains of the Finch, what did you do?
0: So before then, I worked on uh, the unfinished Swan, which was also Giant Sparrow, and okay, I didn't realize oh uh, you had worked with Ian on that game as well. That's great. Yeah, That's cool. I was a level, I was a level designer on it. Like Ian also yeah. designed a a, lar- a large amount of the levels in it. So that was actually okay. my first industry gig. I moved out to LA just to work on that game.
1: Yeah, which is another game I would like wholeheartedly recommend to our listeners. Um, I I loved loved that game.
0: I'm glad Um, you liked it. Yeah, it's If you like the other games we've talked about, or my the game I'm, the Donut County, the one I just made, you'll probably like the Unfinished Swan. It's like in the same wheelhouse. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's a lot. We should say it's a lot less dark than What (laughs) Remains of Edith Finch, and Donut County's not really dark. Like it has some really strong um like i think has a strong message to it but it's but it's uh very playful and
0: as long as you're not thinking too much
1: (laughs) (laughs) about what you're doing to the people's lives in that game you're
0: just throwing them in the hole and destroying their homes but Right, right you're not meant to feel the weight of that unless you kind of yeah you let it sit with you for a minute and i think the bittersweetness of that is like something that's good about the game yeah
1: you know what it reminded me of, honestly? I don't know mm. if you've heard this before, but it reminded me of Hotline Miami.
0: Whoa, how so? I've never heard okay, this.
1: Okay, so um, so obviously <laughs> Donut County is a happy game with like cute woodland creatures, uh and <laughs> uh and goofy text messaging and lots of humor. Um, so mm. it's not a murder sim in any way. Uh but <laughs> So my favorite thing about Hotline Miami is so for our listeners who don't know Hotline Miami, you basically bust it, bust into these various buildings and kill everyone in there and then leave like that's that's a level. <laughs> that's one level in Hotline Miami and it's like a top down shooter kind of thing. Um, anyway, just trying to frame it for our listeners. But uh, that's, that's a good explanation. Of it. So at the end. Like you're and it's very like you, it's hard and you have to be dialed in. It's one of those games that kind of puts you in the flow in a flow, you know? Um, right, right. And so you're like dialed in super focused because you've got to, to kill all those guys. You can't, you, you basically have like one or two hits and you're dead. Um, so you're just totally bought in whether you, and you're not thinking about what you're doing, right? You're just totally bought in. Right, right. And then at the end, the 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 whole time this like super cool uh, like kind of techno I don't know what you call it um, it's like a dirty techno music <laughs> that's like really appropriate it's playing the whole time so it makes you feel really cool um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it sounds awesome yeah and then but once you've killed the last enemy it just goes it's just like this dull drone <laughs> and you have to walk through every all these enemies that you killed and it's just this like bloodbath that you're walking through um, a lot of people are going to judge me probably by <laughs> I sharing this, that's okay, um, but uh, then you go to the end and it scores you, so it's like you sort of have this moment where you're like, Oh my gosh, i just I just wow. like <laughs> committed these horrific acts, and now I'm being like judged on how how effectively <laughs> I did them.
0: <laughs> that was such a powerful moment of that game, yeah,
1: yeah, it's super it's one of the best to me it's one of the best like subversive moments in games Mm. that i've experienced where you're sort of elated at how well you did and then you sort of have to go like oh my gosh that's (laughs) so gross that that
0: i was so dialed in and also derived so much pleasure from this um so yeah no that was and it's also part of that's just part of like this the way the game's built it's not like a story beat that's just the end of every time you kill everyone you just have to like walk over their bodies to leave
1: yep yep it's great i i love that you don't it doesn't the the, the level the game just do, doesn't just end like if it, <laughs> if it just ended like if the level is just over and you immediately got scored it, i would not
0: like i wouldn't remember that game
1: you know it'd just be another That's like, a good point like shooter
0: game or whatever no that's a good point and i actually didn't think about the comparison but i was actually trying to do something similar with some of the levels in my game
1: yeah yeah because the basic beat of donut county well i maybe should let you share it but you know you you the goal is to suck up everything on the map on the game Mm -hmm. into your hole and kind of like everything you suck up your hole gets a little bit bigger a little bit bigger a little bit bigger bigger, until you can suck up someone's entire home and it's all these cute little, like we said, cute little woodland creatures, so it doesn't feel like, and they don't seem, they don't really get mad at the time. They
0: Right, yeah, they might look at the hole, but they're not like...
1: Yeah, they might see the hole coming and like shut much. their window, <laughs> but they don't like, they don't run away, they don't curse at you as they're falling down into the hole. <laughs> it just So you, you're like, oh, this is fine. This is fine, but, right. then, but then you're scored, the game sort of scores you, kind of, you you gain experience points right for presumably for how well you I don't actually know how that works but I'm assuming is there any it's echo, actually like, like, is it always the same amount or is it it's completely arbitrary okay. yeah I it's thought like it might plumbers. be <laughs> but I liked the illusion of thinking that it had to do with something how well I was like sucking things into my home <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> right because it's meant to because the idea is that you're playing as like a raccoon who his job presumably like an Uber driver is to like just deliver these holes and suck everything up and then get an appropriate reward. So it's like meant to simulate that feeling without actually like systemizing it. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then, but then the great thing is that after you're after you get your experience points, you actually are brought into the hole itself and you're mm-hmm. talking to all these displaced Creatures, woodland creatures, about um, how kind of, like, crappy you've treated them, basically.
0: <laughs> um, right, And you do that in between every single level.
1: Yeah, yeah. And your character, this little raccoon guy, he doesn't get it. Uh, at least initially, doesn't really get what he's done. But it's great because you sort of think, like, it, it's that moment where you go, like, oh, man, I just, that was so much fun. Because it is a really, like, delightful... And really like um, satisfying experience. Mm. You and I talked about this at PAX a while back. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But we talked about how it's super satisfying to clean things up, to take a space that sort of has, it's really messy and just make it compl- like, this maybe the same kind of idea of people who are really into simple living. Ooh, yeah. You know, like you just. If you could just get rid of all the crap in your house and <laughs> just have like a coffee table and and a sofa and that's it.
0: Right. It's like that fantasy of like, oh, instead of having to order all the things that I own, I just like get rid of all of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's I, such
0: a fantasy that I, I always think
1: about. Yeah, I do too. Um, but, you know, so it's really satisfying to do. But then you realize I just... Uh, yeah I just did some pretty horrible things to these people, and it's affected their <laughs> lives and their livelihood and um, yeah,
0: yeah, so, like originally it was meant you weren't supposed to see the underground underneath the hole until like the end of the game. That was the first version of it, yeah, and the idea was that you'd put everything in the hole every level and it would be really fun and cheery, and then at the end, I would. Hit you with the like, oh man, did you realize like everyone's underground now, yeah, and it not you feel like a bad person,
1: kind of like a uh, spec ups the line moment, like you're the monster, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like don't get me wrong, I thought that's that was really interesting in in that game, and I think I think it's been done well before, yeah, but i don't I didn't think that was the right tone for Donut County because it's pretty obvious to people that they're playing as the villain in it. Mm -hmm. so it's not a trick it's it's actually more important to bring that tension to the front of the game and so that's why you start and you you see the underground and you get the sense of like oh no everyone's gonna be making me relive these stories of throwing them in the hole
1: yeah which is great i mean i think if you ever actually did throw someone in a hole you need to (laughs) think about what that what that would mean for that (laughs) for that person you know right give them a a chance to say their piece yeah exactly so uh which games so rarely do like we you know you play you think of a game games that we tend to think of as non-violent or whatever like mario Mm -hmm. i think we tend to think of mario as non-violent but like you're just stomping on koopas left and right
0: i actually think mario odyssey is a very violent game yeah yeah because specifically because it has that main mechanic of like possessing someone else's body. Mhm. And I thought the really really striking thing about Odyssey is that they never acknowledge it. Yeah. Like it's not part of the story or the fiction at all. Mario just has the ability to possess someone's body and then like dispose of it and I found it really <laughs> freaky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a really good point. That's like a super messed up thing to do to take someone else's body and like do whatever you want and just leave them like it was super it...
0: weird and it's yeah. not the game is not about that at all and i thought that was so in i thought the idea of making a game where like the game is the story's not about what's happening in the gameplay mm-hmm. I, th- I, I that doesn't even cross my mind at this point but i was i was very shocked by that
1: yeah yeah it's something that yeah and that's what i obviously like one of the things i appreciate about about donut counties that it's sort of laser focused on that idea of like, you need to, after you've had fun doing this, you need to think about what it means and what you've done. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you liked that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, like you said with Mario, Oh, did you hear, by the way, there was a, some religious group or something got upset about the whole Mario pat throwing cappy you know possessing people in mario odyssey I didn't hear about that no or maybe they didn't get upset about it but they were kind of like this isn't we're not down with this um and then nintendo came out and said it's not possession it's <laughs> they redefined it somehow i can't remember what they said oh like they wiggled
0: around it
1: yeah yeah they tried to like re reframe it so it didn't sound like it was you were actually possessing them but that you were just like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's I don't know.
0: You can say whatever you want, I guess, but but you're possessing,
1: really yeah, dinosaurs and traffic cones and <laughs> Goombas. So yeah.
0: yeah, like inanimate objects, I totally get, but when it's just like a character that clearly has feelings, is just like, yeah. whoa this is so weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And sometimes it's not
1: like it's not like you're just doing that to the bad guys, even too. It's just like there's some frog hopping around. <laughs> And you just Mario stash that frog and go do whatever you want. So do you
0: remember there's like a cutscene in the first time you possess the frog where you like, I guess, see like his life as a frog?
1: Yeah, Yeah. right. That made it worse.
0: I couldn't figure out why it had that. It was so wild.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is. I guess maybe that little sequence is the one uh, foil to what we're talking about, because at least they forced you to think about this guy's life as a frog. (laughs)
0: Or, or... <laughs> and then you never see it again
1: right yeah
0: yeah don't get it wrong i did love that game but i, I, th- did I too. found that to be such a weird like thing to not like
1: like small slight spoiler for anyone who's not finished super mario odyssey but i i liked how uh peach you know kind of <laughs> did her own thing at the end that was a nice little <laughs> twist that we haven't seen in a mario game
0: uh, so, yeah i did appreciate it. like they i understand that they like really want to stick to the formula so it's kind of nice when they make small adjustments to it yeah definitely
1: and mario's kind of like self he's like a selfish guy oh you know? yeah he's just like like that whole game he's running around trying on new outfits <laughs> and all the while while this giant lizard has been engaging in human trafficking oh my god that's pretty <laughs> well,
0: and he's just it that like, way
1: He's just putting on the snorkel and the flip-flops and running around on the beach.
0: Yeah, that's true. And he's just like getting coins for more outfits and stuff.
1: And then he goes and looks in the mirror and tries on six different outfits before he just picks the right one.
0: (laughs) Mixes and matches. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how Uh, you play it, but I was trying to find the best outfits. I did too. I did too, for sure. So, I mean, I'm part of the,
1: we're part of the problem, (laughs) but.
0: Making Mario (laughs) the villain that he truly is
1: that's right that's right one of my friends uh wrote i'll try to find it for you later but wrote an article about that about how selfish mario is oh i would so, love to see that yeah yeah i'll dig I'll it up but uh so anyway um any any other games you'd mentioned before um uh unfinished one that you were part of that you that you were comp- um
0: i worked on some smaller games before then back in the world of free indie games and various blogs yeah. like that. Um, I also was part of well I still am part of this group called Arcane Kids and we make yeah. um, subversive games. Uh, we like colonize IPs I guess is our thing. Um, so we okay. have the we own the domain name bubsy3d.com and we made a Bubsy fan game uh, about art and how um to appreciate art it's based on a it's based on a trip we took to lacma in la uh to the james terrell retrospective so we recreated that um and then we also made a game called sonic dreams collection which is a notorious sonic fan game uh i've heard of that one (laughs) it's a it's a handful it's a lot um and we've made a bunch of other games uh as well, but those are some of the ones that people might have heard of. Um, so,
1: uh, well, we do like to... We've talked a good bit about Donut County and and how so <laughs> Mario is. So, we do want to hear from you uh, about your background and your upbringing and all that kind of stuff. So, where did you grow up?
0: I grew up in New York. I grew up on Long Island, in the center okay. of the island. So, the suburbs, basically. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? It was i had a lot of time and space to think Mm -hmm. i was the sec i'm the second child my parents had two kids i have an older sister and she got a lot of the uh, attention and i was very thankful for that because i loved to space out and do things in like very solitary way and just like doodle in a notebook or make little games for myself so Mm -hmm. i was kind of thankful for the fact that like nothing was going on in my neighborhood at all yeah so that i feel like that that shaped me in a lot of serious ways and i think being like the second child definitely influenced that as well like where my parents were just like ah whatever he seems fine like (laughs) he can just if if he i guess if he wants to be on the computer he says he's doing something he says he's making something but i don't know
1: yeah, that's interesting. So they never <laughs> like, because I grew up playing video games and stuff. Um, and I think it was always at least something of a point of contention with mm. my parents. So they you never got the sense that they're like, hey, he's, he's <laughs> this computer stuff. And we're not too sure about that.
0: I wonder if it was me just tricking my parents into thinking I was like doing something productive. I can't totally tell. But uh, it actually wasn't a problem until high school when yeah. i had a really serious you could call it an addiction to like counter strike because i oh, was wow. playing every day and i would actually like get up early before school mm-hmm. so that i could play for like an hour or so and yeah. i wouldn't do that for anything so it's like i clearly had a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> cuz school's i don't know i have to get up at like 6:30 to go to school so i was getting up i don't know it was it was a real problem and honestly it became like a big deal in my family because I was my grades were suffering because of it, and yeah. I just had no motivation to work to do any like work outside of school. Um, I never did my homework, and all my family was just like, Wow, Ben's like a real he's a real lost cause. He just keeps playing yeah. those video games and so uh, how, it was how bad. did you
1: break the 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 spell or the addiction or whatever? would you call it it you said you would call it an addiction do you think that's fair to say
0: i think it's fair to say because i really relied on it um, yeah as just like oh my way of dealing with anything was just to be like well whatever let me go play video games right and you know i wasn't really getting that much out of playing it like it was social but it was just a bunch of random people who i had met online mm. and we would never talk about anything of substance with each other Right. I was just trying to like be the top in the server for like Desert Eagle kills or something like just a huge waste right. of time. Yeah. Um, so
1: how high did you get?
0: Oh, I was number one for Desert Eagle kills. Oh, that was my. I don't know
1: what that means, but it sounds important. It's a big waste of
0: time because uh, <laughs> they had like so you could there was like server wide stats for like who's the top at killing people with this gun and. There's, like, some obviously, like, best guns in the game. And because I knew I wasn't good enough to be at the top of those, I would just pick the worst guns so that I could be at the top (laughs) of the server for all of them. There you go. So, yeah. Needless to say, I was, like, way, way uh, off the rails when it came to that game. But, uh, yeah, it was, I think, uh, getting a more supportive friend group in high school, like, really turned things around. Because I ended up spending a lot of time in person with friends versus just, like, kind of getting up with them online. And uh, we started making movies and stuff. And we got really into kind of, like, filming our own little videos and things. And this was, like, just before YouTube. Okay. So, we – this is probably a good thing that our videos aren't all online everywhere. (laughs) Mm-hmm. um but yeah it was just before youtube yeah. so we were actually just do- it was not there was no audience for us we would just show our friends the videos when we would hang out so it was this yeah. it was a kind of nice time of like creativity and fun and support that like i think helped. yeah you guys you guys dodged a bullet there because uh <laughs> if youtube
1: had been around
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah who knows no know.
1: You know, you and your friends would have published that stuff. Oh my god, yeah, we would have been. You like wouldn't have been subscribe. able to. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to, uh, you know, avoid that temptation. <laughs> I just watched my wife and I just watched uh, Eighth Grade. Have you heard of that film? I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. You need to go check it out. It's uh, it's about this girl in the eighth grade, but she she struggles with like anxiety, and she's not popular. She's like most of us. It's like most of our experience experience in eighth grade except for like a <laughs> very select handful of people that were like quote unquote cool or something right,
0: No, this sounds but, like uh, to it.
1: yeah and she makes youtube videos about trying to be like giving people tips about being confident oh. and, and how to make friends even though she doesn't really have oh any. that's wild um yeah it's really interesting and it's made by a youtube guy uh Bo Bo burnham oh yeah i'm the familiar Canadian. with him yeah yeah oh that's yeah. really it's a. Yeah, and it's it's like startlingly, I think probably accurate to what the experience of the eighth grade is like.
0: Oh, um, that's why I got to check that out. Yeah, because I can, I can definitely. Yeah, I'm. It. Yeah,
1: I made. Um, I'm glad YouTube wasn't around either when I was making videos in high school with my friends because <laughs> we made. Uh, we made. We were kind of sort of into professional wrestling. Um, oh, that's amazing! So, and we made our own like backyard wrestling club videos
0: so oh that's so good so you just had like amateur
1: oh yeah wrestling yeah there were like ketchup bottles involved and things like that (laughs) um so yeah it was
0: that's great like it's a great that's a great project but it's also like not something that you really want evidence of yeah yeah outside of your home yeah i
1: often think my sometimes when i see youtube videos and stuff i'll be like i hope i don't ever somebody doesn't ever send me one of those that they uploaded (laughs) But, uh, but you know, I know that feeling. You know. So, uh, what in uh, your growing up was was religion a part of that? You grew up in the church or religious family in any way? I was raised Jewish, actually. Okay, I was going to ask that because I believe your your Twitter is Torah Horse. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I always wondered uh, if that was your background.
0: Yeah, it. That's how I was raised. My mom is Jewish, and my dad converted. Um, and okay. so she is definitely more um, interested in being involved in the community and like give, making sure I had an education Yeah. Uh, that way. And my dad was kind of like uh, supportive of it, but he wasn't, I don't know. He was just kind of an outsider to it. So yeah. he, he was part of it, but uh, it was definitely my mom's side.
1: Kind of felt like he came to support her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, it wasn't like... There wasn't tension there, really, but she was more like, interested in it than so he was. So, did you
1: grow up going to the synagogue and were you bar mitzvahed and all that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah, the whole nine yards. Like, I would go um, to the synagogue. I did Hebrew school where we learned to read Hebrew, but not understand it, which I always thought was extremely confusing.
1: That is weird.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would... There were a lot of... Um, there are a lot of things about that, my like Jewish education that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially that like where we just like kind of wouldn't get answers for a lot of stuff. And I was really interested in, in, in like getting my hands dirty and like understanding like what problems these things are solving. That's mm-hmm. like kind of why I do things the way I do, where I just kind of jump in and I try to make mistakes as fast as I can. So like, it was really weird to be just told like, oh yeah, this is how we do things. Like you're going to learn how to read this stuff, but it doesn't matter what it means yet. Right. And so there was always kind of a tension there. And then mm-hmm. uh, I even, so I went through that whole process. Uh, I got bar mitzvahed and then I actually continued Doing like a Hebrew high school thing where it's like once a week we would all do like it would be like a social event where we all have pizza and then we um, have a class or two after that. And that was interesting too, but I think I was kind of falling off at that point in terms of like how much I was really uh, believing in in pretty much everything and And honestly in high school or what was this this was in yeah high school and my friends were doing (laughs) it which made it really fun and that part was really great yeah but i was i think that kind of um the through line of not really understanding what was going on (laughs) it kind of like came to a head after that and so i haven't um i haven't kept up with it in a serious way since then
1: okay but like growing up you were bought in until high school like you were like you would have said yeah i'm I'm jewish and yeah for sure i believe in yahweh and all that or i don't know what you say do you say i believe in yahweh you if say? you're jewish
0: um we were reform so like v- everything was very very relaxed and okay. we would just say god okay gotcha um, and so yeah i was like i was pretty into it um early on but yeah probably before high school i started being like well i'm doing this because this is what i'm supposed to do And then Mm -hmm. in high school, I was like, I don't know if I actually, like, believe the stuff that we're being told now. So, that was kind of my, that was my Did you feel,
1: I'm curious if you feel like growing up, um, because you mentioned, like, going to the synagogue and things and feeling like um, it wasn't really a place to ask questions or um, were the questions just sort of, like, brushed off or there just wasn't ever space made or what was, Mm -hmm. what was that like?
0: Yeah, I think things were not framed as like a dialogue. Okay. And so gotcha. I didn't feel like it was my place to really ask. And mm-hmm. so it was the, it kind of made me feel, it made me feel kind of like weird at first. And then I started talking to the other kids and everyone else was like, yeah, we don't get it either. But like no one's going to say anything. Yeah. Uh, and so like <laughs> I was just like, wait, <laughs> this is what's going on here? And maybe mm-hmm. I didn't have the, I didn't have the guts to be like, can you just like walk us through this whole thing? Yeah. Because who knows, maybe like people maybe um people were open to uh like letting us in, but I don't know. I felt like at uh, that Yeah. Well, the and,
1: effort wasn't made. And you're you're a kid, I think. And what I mean by that is you don't really know what's appropriate as a kid, you know? That's a good point. Um, yeah. I think about that with my kids cuz I my background is I'm a, I'm, I'm a Christian and I want to raise my family that way, but I also like mm-hmm. really want to make sure my kids know it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to doubt yeah. things. And, um, so like, and I notice this with my kids too, like my, my daughter is like probably for lack of a better word, my seven year old is like way more hardcore mm-hmm about her, her faith in really? me. yeah. And I think it's because, <laughs> well, it's because she's like, well, this is mom and dad's,
0: like, what they believe. And so, oh. like, I don't want to be all about it, you know? Um, That's interesting, right? There's, like, a justification. Yeah. So, I, And so, like, why not achieve it?
1: Yeah. So, I find myself, like, going, like, trying to, like, introduce questions to her, to, like, not to <laughs> doubt her faith necessarily or something, but That's just to so be funny. like, I want you to think through this and, like, don't just... <laughs> Don't just like buy a hook line and sinker because <laughs> because this is what we're into. Um,
0: oh right, yeah. It's like you're. I think you just become more resilient when you are used to the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's so much easier to approach any situation when you're used to when you have kind of in the back of your mind, like, well, I'm not going to believe this 100% until I can really wrap my head around it and I can, you know, I can poke at it and I can feel yeah. like, comfortable uh-huh. and. Yeah cuz like I don't know. I I always I always get burned when I'm 100% into any particular idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we need space to to struggle with things and try to figure it out and
0: um yeah, I think yeah, sometimes I, you want to arrive at the answer yourself too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think like sometimes the churches really like churches um you know whether they're synagogues or Christian churches or whatever, sometimes they're not great places for that, sadly.
0: I would agree with you for for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of wish that there was, things were kind of laid out differently and there was more of a dialogue and I could feel comfortable asking the questions that I really Mm -hmm. desperately wanted answers to.
1: Yeah. 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 It's huge. So where do you you land now? Do you like, would you call yourself Jewish on
0: some level or? I do. Yeah. Like religiously, I mean.
1: I know, like that can mean culturally, and like those can be two separate things. Right, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah, they can be two separate things, and I'm definitely, I would definitely consider myself like culturally Jewish. But I think, even though I've kind of pushed away from it it's when I was younger, mm-hmm. I still feel that there, I do have like a uh, closeness to it, and I do feel like I am something I want to do when I have kids is get more in touch with it and like have raised them Jewish because I think that the, I think what I got out of it was really valuable. Yeah. And I also think like continuing that faith and the culture is super, super valuable as well. And I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of why my mom was so, gung-ho about it and i didn't understand it for a long time but like now that i have kind of a bigger picture of the world and like the history i'm just like oh no there's not that many jews out there like i thought this was like a big thing and it's not anymore like yeah as i grew up in this community where it was like yeah whatever it's not a big deal but like kind of seeing the bigger picture now i'm like oh she was actually trying to preserve something and that's something i can really i can get behind now but it, it took a really long time mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're at a place now where you're more appreciative, I guess, maybe than you were. That's that's interesting. It seems like you have a lot more uh, affection for it now than maybe you did when you were younger.
0: Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Like there was a like I mentioned the time in high school where I was we were learning about something that was happening in Israel. And I remember talking with my friends about like, why do they... Why do they tell us to support Israel without being critical of it? Mm-hmm. And there was no answer for us even when we did bring it up. And we were like, "Well, this is this is garbage. Like, this is just propaganda." Yeah. And I see things differently now, but I definitely like that that question is like still still deep. Yeah, it's
1: weird. That's a thing amongst evangelicals too. Like the whole oh, yeah. blindly support Israel no matter what <sighs> <laughs> kind yeah, of
0: narrative. Because it it's not that simple. <laughs> right, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, there's still people I know who, if I even, you know, in Christian circles and stuff, that if I even sort of be like, well, I don't know if this, if what Israel's doing here is really a good idea or not, we'll just sort of lose it and be like, how can you? Right. and there's
0: like no conversation about it.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things I still don't understand, even from their perspective, because I guess it goes back to that whole thing of of not really creating spaces where you can dialogue or question things. Mm-hmm. But
0: well do you wonder do you think maybe it's people who do actually have some doubt already but it's too inconvenient for them to ask the question? Cuz that's kind of how that's my read about a lot of that stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think you might be right because um yeah, it is a lot simpler to just sort of stay with the narrative. Um, right yeah. I think that's and, a huge problem in our in our culture right now it's like I mean that's a whole other discussion I guess <laughs> but but yeah I, I think you might be right because that's the short answer
0: right and it's like once you invite the discussion and you start opening up the problems and you see the complex or you lay out the complexity of it I think it's harder to just operate on a daily basis so I can mm-hmm. tot- I can actually understand to an extent like why how you'd get that way but I feel like it's like though there's so much kind of like pain in the world that like you might as well just kind of like open your eyes to it and say, All right, well, this is how it is. We're gonna have to deal with it piece by piece.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got this, you know, worldview that works for me and my family. And at least as far as I can see it's working. And so, um, yeah, I think it can be scary to open yourself up to those things uh for a lot of people. Um it's vulnerable. But I to that. just Yeah, but I find it to be, um, like I just I don't know I can't not question things and not, uh, (laughs) you know, um, and I guess I guess maybe I found, you know, and and I I have in some and even some Christian contexts I sound like I'm like criticizing churches and religious organizations I don't mean to because there are places there are religious organizations and there are churches in which it's okay to ask those questions and have those dialogues. Right. Um, but, uh, but finding them is like, to me in my mid thirties now Mm -hmm. is one of the most important, like one of the most important things to me personally, like as a human being.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Are you like, how do you like find a place like that? That is convenient enough for you to be a part of the community. (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that it's hard because there are certain things that you don't want to talk about in religious circles. Because if you do it, they're sort of like deal, deal breakers, right? That's interesting. Um, yeah, and you'll get sort of like ostracized or kind of told you are not really in the in group. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, and it and it's different with every every group. I think this is gonna sound like super um tooting my horn kind of thing. <laughs> Go for uh, it. <laughs> but, but Love Thy Nerd has been a good space for me for that because um like our focus with Love Thy Nerd is really straightforward. It's like we want to be good neighbors to people in nerd culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so like our goal and we're we're a Christian organization so we don't hide that. Like we think Jesus is great. Right, right. Um, we're big fans of Jesus. You didn't uh, trick but, me to come on here. <laughs> I knew it I was getting nah, um, So um, at the end, I'm going to ask you to say a prayer and repeat after me, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, you know, the goal is simply to, to, to love, to, to love people and to make sure they feel loved and valued. And so, because we've made that sort of like the ultimate goal, um, there's a lot of room I wouldn't say like publicly necessarily, but I found a lot of people within that community who I can go to and be like, "I really struggle with this thing. I don't get it, and I don't, I don't like what the Bible says here or whatever mm-hmm. um, about this about this issue. And I don't understand why why Christians are this way because of this verse in the Bible or whatever." Um, there's lots of examples I could give, um, but I don't really want to get too specific. Right? But, is um, that
0: because your the mission statement is so like clear and simple? Because I feel like. Your goal is so anyone can understand it, and it's like it doesn't yeah. push you in any particular direction, like I feel like that probably helps your community a lot,
1: yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah, I think so, and I think we you know a lot of religious organizations we get caught up in the minutia and the details of things, um you know and uh and because our mission statement is pretty like broadly good i mean there's a few people that like you know that like would disagree with that idea of like loving people well um or striving to love people well that you know this is the whole the law and the prophets right <laughs> um to love love god and love your neighbor so um
0: it's a good starting point yeah. and i think i think maybe speaking to what you were saying earlier is like There are some not like, I think there are a lot of organizations or communities that have kind of a simple message or a simple mission statement, but there might be unwritten rules and that's what you have to kind of walk Mm -hmm. in and say, and like read the room and be like, oh, okay. Right. I'm not supposed to talk about that.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. Reading the room these days is really important (laughs) in our
0: culture. (laughs) I know. It's like, it's very hard to do on the internet, especially. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, uh, we're basically out of time. I told you we'd be done in an hour. We're, we're right on the brink of that. Um, I am curious to hear, like, so you 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 grew up Jewish um, and you're kind of reconnecting with that a little bit now. And what, uh, what do your parents think about, like, what you do about your game design and all that kind of stuff?
0: They are extremely supportive, which That's cool. is really cool, given that, like, there was a time when... They were extremely mad at me for playing video games all the time, and they I thought, thought I yeah. was hopeless. Um, um, so I'm,
1: I'm, which apparently wasn't like completely off base <laughs>
0: because you were waking
1: up to play <laughs> to play Counter
0: Strike uh, for no reason. Counter Strike, <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. like, I I'm really really uh, thankful to them, and I feel very fortunate because they've been supportive of this project in particular since I started it in 2012. And Mm. they kind of were pretty open with me about like, Hey, you know, this is, this is obviously really risky. Um, and you're, you might not make it and that's fine. Like if you, you know, the worst thing that could happen is that you Mm. can come live with us and you'll be totally fine and you'll figure something out. And that was kind of, I mean, I think that was the major reason that I was able to pursue this really seriously. And so their support yeah. has been, you know, the foundation of, of my, my indie career. Mm. So that's why at the yeah. end of the game, I, 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 I say it's for mom and dad because that's it totally awesome. is. That's, you know, there's so many
1: people we have on this podcast that don't have that story. I was just thinking about this the other day too. Like, um, my parents have, we're just like generally pretty great parents <laughs> and that's pretty, that's pretty rare. Like, I mean, I could I could say things here sure, and there that I didn't sure. like, uh, but they're pretty great. And uh, that's pretty rare, I think, to have a parent say, like, go ahead and do a thing. And if you fail, like, that's cool. <laughs> You'll be welcome. You can come back. Yeah, I
0: actually I didn't realize that that was so rare because that was all I knew. Yeah. And then I've kind of like, now that I've been around and I've met enough people to understand, like, oh, wait, I had so many advantages because of that and you mm-hmm. know yeah at least like yeah I, I feel like i did get a lot of advantages but i also didn't get any disadvantages from or complexes from like having a weird relationship yeah. with them so i that's why i want to make my my gratitude known to them because it, it, it really great. helped me out that's
1: really cool well um i really enjoyed this conversation this was fun yeah this was a lot of fun thanks for yeah. having me on we didn't uh we didn't talk at all really about Gentrification and uh economics that all play into Donut County, so maybe we'll have to have you on again sometime. Uh so donut county is out now, people can go get it. Um I think it's like what 10
0: bucks or something on Steam? Eleven 13 on Steam, but it's on sale for the launch. Okay. Um you can also get it on GOG.com if you don't like DRM. And then you can get it on iOS uh, for iPad or iPhone, or the Mac App Store or ps4 okay so it's on it's on as many things as i could reasonably handle (laughs) yeah yeah that's cool
1: is there a way for people to buy the game that gives you the most benefit that you won't want to mention i you're maybe not
0: allowed to say (laughs) no i mean i actually don't know for sure if there's any significant difference um i would i would encourage you to play it on something that you're most comfortable with i know a lot of people do ask like what's the best experience and I for better or for worse, I tried to make it so no there would be no advantages to playing on one over the other. There you go. But uh yeah, so like I don't know, if you like if you have an iPad, iPad's great. Yeah. Uh, If you like playing on your couch, PS4. Cool. Um and there's like, you know, you can get free stickers on iOS if you get it there. So there's a you can pick whatever bonus you want. There's a platinum trophy on PS4. There you go.
1: Nice. Which people love (laughs) for those weird completionists. I don't understand them.
0: But I love dipping into their community and like seeing how important the platinums are. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, yeah. I'm glad I could be part of this. Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
1: Um, and uh, people can follow you on Twitter, at Torahorse.
0: Yeah, T-O-R-A-H, horse, one word. Cool. Anywhere else people would uh, look for you online? That you want to mention if you're interested in my other work you can check out torahorse.com and that has kind of a big list of all the games that i've worked on in the past cool i know you're like just
1: you just released donut county so any idea or anything you can say about what's next for you
0: i need to take a break first that sounds that <laughs> seems healthy that seems i wise. have some reactions and like i'm just like oh i i need to do this because i don't want to make the same mistakes again but uh I need some time for the dust to settle yeah. so I can like be reasonable about what I'm what I should be doing. Yeah. Cause if you had said, Well, I'm gonna forward.
1: go do this, then all of a sudden Polygon's calling you and you're like, What? <laughs> anyway.
0: So Right, and I'm gonna regret regret ever going in that direction. So. <laughs> yeah, let right. get some space. Yeah, that seems healthy.
1: Cool. Well, um definitely would encourage our listeners to go check out Donut County. Um I uh I just giggled the first couple levels I play just left and right. It's really funny. It's really got a, a warmth to it. That's But it's also, like we said, subversive and makes you think about what you're doing, which I love. Um, so definitely go check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm drudix 82 You can follow Love Thy Nerd on all the social medias. Just search for Love Thy Nerd. If you want to join our community on Facebook, we have a, a pretty vibrant Facebook community called, it's called Love Thy Nerd Community. Go search for that and join it. You can find some like-minded nerds and nerd out about nerd stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, otherwise, check out the great articles uh, at lovethynerd.com. Um, also, be uh, on the, or, or go check out the Free Play podcast. So, uh, Humans of Gaming is one of two podcasts that we currently produce. We're actually working on some new ones that I'm excited to announce soon. Hopefully, one new one at least that I'll be able to talk more about soon so be on the lookout for that Uh, go rate and review us on iTunes Um, that helps us a ton or Stitcher or whatever podcast platform you use Uh, and uh, yeah thanks so much for listening to Humans of Gaming and Ben thanks again for coming on
0: You have been listening to Humans of Gaming a production of Love Thy Nerd If you have enjoyed the show don't forget to like rate and review the show wherever you may be listening Don't forget to check out our other show, Free Play, featuring discussions of complete randomness involving gaming, community, and whatever hosts Bubba Stalkup, Matt Warmbier, and Kate Katowaki deem worthy of your earbuds. Theme music by Jay Tholen and used by permission.